0: Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at NAS. I want to welcome you to the NAS podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at NAS believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. NAS is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapaknaz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message.
1: And we've been the last few weeks in a series, right? Uh, we're, We're a hip church. We do series, right? We do sermon series. And we've been in a series talking about voices. And if you've missed a series, or you missed a week, I should say, uh, I encourage you, you can go online to our website, wallpalkdance.org, and you can listen to previous week's messages that are uploaded there. But we've been having this conversation because there are so many voices, right, that talk to us. There are so many voices that we hear and there, there, Have you ever thought about this? you ever listened to yourself on a recording, right, video or audio recording, and thought, who on earth is talking, right? Because you sound so different on the audio than you sound to yourself, right? Now, there's probably more scientific stuff than I understand going on there, but, you know, all that reverberation in your brain and in your head because you're hearing yourself inside your, your head, you're, you're actually processing your voice differently. Like, the recording is your actual voice, and you're just not used to it. Uh, So a lot of us are like, man, my real voice is really annoying. How do people stand listening to me, right? Um, So I apologize that you have to listen to me for a little while. But nonetheless, here we are. Uh, The Lord called me, and you have to suffer as a result. So uh, the voices in our heads, the voices in our lives, the voices that that speak to us, that shape us, that move us. um, I invite you to turn in your Bibles, uh, whether you've got, whoops, giving away stuff. Uh, Whether you've got your pew Bible there, um, or your phone, or you brought your own Bible, if you're old school like that, especially if you have one of those zipper cases, right? You got your notepad in and stuff. Yeah, you're the cool kids. Uh, Exodus chapter 15. And I don't know what it is. um, The last couple years, I can't get away from Exodus or Deuteronomy. I I can't get away from that, like, place and time with moses and the israelites where they've been in slavery and now they've been freed from slavery and now they're trying to figure out what life looks like and it's really kind of thrown me off because this is not nor has it ever been the place in scripture in my 32 years of life that i'm like that's the story that resonates with me i was never a slave in a foreign land Uh, i've never even been to a foreign land i've been in Canada at Niagara Falls. That's the farthest foreign land I've been to. Um, up to this point in my life. Uh, that will change soon. But <laughs> but I've never been displaced like that. I've never been in that kind of uncertainty. And for all intents and purposes. I've always lived in an environment. That I really felt like I could do whatever I wanted to do, as long as it was, you know, legal. But for whatever reason, Exodus has been the story that's been sitting in my soul and ruminating, and I continue to come back to it, and I continue to work through it. And so as I I was preparing for this message, I was like, I'm not going to preach out of Exodus. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to find something else. I'm like doing word searches like voice of God, how many Bible verses say voice of God, right? Uh, Google searches, and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. Um, and Exodus just kept coming back to me. So here we are in Exodus, chapter 15. Moses and the Israelites, uh, like I, I precluded, have already escaped slavery, right? They, they've fleed from Egypt. Uh, the Pharaoh has changed his mind and said, hold up, what did I just do? Uh, I'm going to go after those guys because I shouldn't have let them go. That was all my free labor, And so he chases after them. Moses and the Israelites come up to the Red Sea, and they say, oh, this is it, we're doomed, because how do we get across here? There's no way. That big old army that's chasing after us, they're going to come. They're going to either kill us all or just bring us back to slavery. So either way, it's not going to be very good for us. God parts the Red Sea. They walk across on dry land. He closes the sea up behind them and swallows up the Egyptian army. Because the armies of the people of humans, are nothing compared to God. The armies, the militaries, the infrastructures, the systems, the organizations, all of these things mean nothing compared to God. God is mighty over it all. And so Moses has now gotten them out of this this situation, right? He's the leader of the people very clearly. Like God spoke to Moses, and the people now recognize Moses as their leader. And Moses is kind of the conduit uh, between them and god when they've got an issue with god they talk to moses and it becomes moses's issue right so moses then has to figure out what to do with it so let me read for us out of exodus 15 uh, starting in verse 22 and then going through 27 then moses led israel on from the red sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. they journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water they came to marah but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was named Marah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. The Lord made a statue and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, and keep all of his statutes, I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy date palms. And they camped there by the water. You see, it's interesting. Because even right after. Right after escaping captivity. The Israelites... Something to be upset about. Have you ever been there? Right after deliverance, already there's another issue. Right after that answered prayer, right after that solution, right after that fixed thing, there's always something else wrong. It's interesting, though, what goes on here. Because there's a voice that's speaking. There's two voices that are speaking. And one is dominating the other. But the other is still doing its work. Regardless of whether or not it's being heard. Switching gears for a second. In the span of, of recorded history, right? Audio, video, that sort of thing, there are some voices that are very recognizable. Now, Sorry to say, boomers, I probably am—I'm not going to hit all of your recognizable voices because I'm a millennial, so I'm going to do the millennial thing and just focus on myself for a second. (laughs) It's okay. Gen Xers, you'll be all right, too. You'll get some of them. So there's some voices, right, that we recognize, that we know, that when we hear it, we know immediately who that is, right? One of the ones that comes to mind is Matthew McConaughey. Right, that Texas drawl, and all right, all right, all right, right. That was good. That that was better than my practice. So I'm glad that one was the recording. I, so, and, and I have a confession about Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to share this before. I don't remember who I shared it with, but uh, here again, I'm the pastor, so you're stuck with me. Uh, so Matthew McConaughey, true story. I watched an interview with him the other day, and he, uh, in that interview, he was asked if he's always gone by Matthew right? I go by Matthew. Um, Some of you call me Matt. That's okay. I won't punch you in the face. It's all right, Uh, but I go by Matthew, uh, and Matthew McConaughey said that the reason he's always gone by Matthew is because when he was in grade school, his friends would start calling him Matt, right? Because that's what we do. We shorten names, and we don't like to use all those syllables because it's a lot to say Matthew. Uh, So he said, my friends started calling me Matt, and he said, and I started responding to them until my mom was like, don't you ever Respond to Matt. Your name is Matthew. He said. For the rest of my life, I was always Matthew. I never responded to Matt, and I, I was like, yeah, that was me also in grade school. So, uh, so Matthew McConaughey uh, is one of those voices that's recognizable, right? We know it when we hear it, and you think, no matter what he's in, I'm going to know that's Matthew McConaughey talking. Another one, Darth Vader, right? That. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, finished it last week, uh, or a couple days ago. So good. uh, Gotta go watch that. Uh, But Darth Vader, right? And I'm not going to be as good as Darth Vader's here, but his whole, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor, right? That's the scene right here. That's the picture. Uh, You know it when you hear his voice. And you think, there's no way I could not recognize Darth Vader's voice. It's so recognizable. It's so iconic. Another one got to do it, right, it's been a long time, i preached, so it used to be, every time I preached, I made a superhero reference, and then people started making fun of me, because I always made superhero references, and so I haven't, for like, three times I've preached, so now it's time to bring back the superheroes, um, but Christian Bale's Batman, right, and it's not, doesn't even matter what he says, right, it's just the gruffness of it, like, he could be talking about, like, I'm going to the store, right, and that's Christian Bale's Batman, right? That's, that's it. Recognizable. You know what it is. And, and I get it, right? Some of these voices, they're, they're characters, right? Matthew McConaughey, that's his real voice. But, but these guys, they're characters, and they're intentionally putting on a voice that is distinguishable, that's rememberable, uh, and that you would easily recognize. Like, that's, that's the point of their voices. They want you to know it's them and not to be confused with somebody else. I mean, that's why Christian Bale got that weird voice, because he was trying to distinguish himself from all the other Batmans, and for some reason he landed on that. But um, it worked out for him. Um, Big success, so. Here's another one for you. Have you seen that show on Fox? The Masked Singer? Anybody watch that show? Familiar with it? If you're not familiar with the show, here's the concept. A celebrity of some sort decides to put on an elaborate costume like those on, on the screen there, Some kind of like reindeer in a suit. I don't understand what's going on, but whatever. Uh, They put on an elaborate costume. And they sing in front of a panel of judges. And the judges have to try to guess based on a clue package and the singing voice like who this person is. And you think, this is going to be so easy. I would recognize in a heartbeat if Matthew McConaughey was behind a mask, right? I would know it in an instant if that was James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. I would know it right away. I remember watching it, and I'm going to spoil a little bit, but it's from a few seasons ago, so if you haven't seen it, then tough. Uh, I remember Donnie Osmond got revealed once on the show. And I remember just sitting there thinking, how many people who are watching this show now have listened to Donny Osmond's voice for hundreds of hours and didn't recognize it? Because it was covered by a mask. Because there was some... Distracting elements around right There's other things happening Or another one uh, What's his name Uh, Terry Bradshaw Terry Bradshaw was on the show And I thought how many people Have listened to him talk Every single Sunday For hours during football season And didn't recognize it was Terry Bradshaw singing behind that mask Because we find ourselves Even in those moments of certainty I know that voice. I've heard it. I've followed it. For years, I've listened to that voice. And when the distractions come, we find ourselves so easily swayed away. So easily confused. Like, well, maybe that—I mean, it kind of sounded like it was Terry Bradshaw, but but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was somebody else. It could have been Donnie Osmond, but maybe not. I'm not sure anymore. Even in our certainty, we can become distracted and confused and question and wonder, is that truly the voice I heard, or is it something else? In Exodus 15, we saw the Israelites wasn't their first go-around with God, right? They'd been following God for a long time. Uh, In fact, yeah, it was close to God's covenant with Abram, which was father Abraham right so the beginning of the Israelite people uh, he established the people of God and made them a covenant 600 years before this event for 600 years the people of Israel the leaders of Israel had been following after God and when the distractions came and when the trouble came and when the torment came it became very difficult to hear God speak If you've ever felt like it's very hard to hear God speak, you're not alone. You're not alone. Because the Israelites experienced it. Even though they'd been doing it for 600 years. Think about this for a second, right? Here's something cool. 600 years, the people of Israel had been following after God. How old's America? Yeah. Three times... Three times the life of the United States of America The Israelites have been following after God So for all of our fears and frustrations And like America's doomed It has fallen away from God And we can't find our way back to God And we don't know what to do And we're so lost Israel was doing it three times as long And they messed up And I think what happens sometimes when we read the stories of the Old Testament, especially. Sometimes with the New Testament too, but especially the Old Testament. We read them and we say, look at those Israelites. God kept showing up and giving them all these answers, showing up all these miracles, and they still didn't get it. What a bunch of knuckleheads. Good thing I'm not like them. And I think there's, there's two reasons we have these stories recorded. One is, is so that we can learn from them and say, wow, they really missed the mark there. They really messed up on that opportunity. They should have seized that moment instead. And two, it's to be a mirror reflecting back to us. Because in all the time that's passed, all of the advances of civilization... All the developments of humanity were not all that different than the Israelites. Life isn't all that different. Yeah, they didn't have internet and Facebook and TikTok and all those things. But life's not all that different. The value of life, the purpose of life, the meaning to life is not all that different. And so when we see the Israelites messing up, I think sometimes what we need to do is we need to pause and say, Am I doing that too? Not just that was bad for them, but like, am I doing that as well? Have I made the same mistake? Have I done the same thing? Check out what it says, Exodus fifteen twenty four. It says So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? We don't have any water moses what did you do yeah i mean we were slaves but like we had water there and now we're going to die of thirst i'm not totally convinced that the issue here was just about water we need water to survive right absolutely and god provides them the water at the end of this petition and this request But it's not just about our thirst for water, but our thirst for other things in general that can distract us from God. Is your thirst distracting you from hearing God's voice? Is your thirst for success to achieve the next thing, to climb to the next place, to reach that next threshold Is that consuming you so much that along the way you forget, oh yeah, there was this like God who was like calling me and speaking into my life and like asking me to do stuff for Him. Is our thirst for success distracting us from hearing God? Certainly nothing wrong with pursuing better things, right? Bettering your life is is good, valuable, important, right? And we better our lives so that there can be less distractions for one, but two, so that in those blessings that we receive by bettering our life, we can then bless others, right? And we can do that out of the abundance that God has given us, right? We we pursue better things, right? We don't just allow all the awful things in life to happen to us without anything. But as our focus... On the achieving, in order to have that authority, that position, that right, that earned respect, or is it so that we can use that to help those around us, marginalize the oppressed, the hurting, the suffering? The more we become focused on the things that are not yet, the more we become less likely to hear the voice speaking to us today, preparing us for our not yet. The more we're focused on, I need to get there, the more likely we can't hear God when He's saying, I want to prepare you for that. I need to do stuff in you today so that when you get there, You're able to be what you need to be. But we're so aggressive at getting where I need to go that we forget the preparation along the way. God prepared the Israelites for something better. Verse 27, remember it says, Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs, seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. God didn't just give him a little bit of water. Twelve springs. Right? That's a lot of water. And then 70 palm trees. Right? So not only did he give him water, but he's like, hey, get it. It's hot. Here's some shade. Go camp out under the shade a little bit. Cool off. Drink some water. Relax a little bit. Don't need you getting dehydrated. Like, you've got work to do. See, while the, the Israelites were distracted... By their wanting to achieve and wanting to advance and wanting to have and wanting to earn and wanting to, to have life the way it's supposed to be, just all perfect. In the moment of preparation, they weren't ready for what God was calling them to do. They weren't ready. And God said, I want to prepare something better for you. About six weeks later, after this happened, everyone started complaining again. Go figure. This time they were hungry. And we can choose to forget the faithfulness of the voice when we allow the voices of dissatisfaction to become the dominant voice. Look with me, Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. It's just another page over. Six weeks later, the entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month, After they had left the land of Egypt, the entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. When we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever found yourself leading a group of people... For any kind of organization Or committee or whatever That's bad news right now For the leader right Like those people are upset And they're united in their Upsetness against The leader They're putting it all on him They're saying Moses what Were you thinking At least in Egypt We were able to eat and drink And we knew we weren't going to die of starvation But now we're out in this wilderness and you're saying we're free, but we're going to die because we're hungry. We don't know where our next meal is going to come from. I mean, yeah, some of us had bad slave owners that didn't treat us very well, but at least they fed us. And we knew like we're going to get a food, uh, get a meal that day. Just a few weeks before the Israelites threw a little, little temper tantrum, Right. And then God spoke and revealed himself to them and performed a miracle. Complaining about what are they going to drink. And now it's a full-blown meltdown. We should have stayed in Egypt. Have you ever felt that way? As you've advanced in life or you've moved on to a new thing, God has called you to something and you said, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And he brought you there and you're like, this is way worse than it was before. I thought you said you're going to do good things Blessings Those kind of things This is worse I don't know if like You got a switch flipped over there Like you, didn't, you got the reverse rather than the good Like if you want to fix this God do something Because this is not what I signed up for And I imagine That their fears Are feeding off of one another Right We know this happens in a group, one person speaks up, a little dissatisfied, a little fearful. They get a second person to speak up. They kind of ramp it up a little bit. Yeah, no, this is really bad. Third person comes in. No, it's, you don't understand. Like, it's so bad. Fourth person comes in. This is a catastrophe, right? And we just keep escalating, escalating, escalating. If you've watched any politics in the last 10, 15 years, you've seen it happen a million times on both sides because we're all guilty of it because we're all humans we ramp up and we escalate and we fear and we we throw frustration and anger and and we blame and we say it's your fault and how dare you and why could you do this and how come and Moses is now left with an ununited people that is trying to bring someplace. That he's trying to be faithful to God, because God has said, I want the Israelites to go to this promised land. And he's trying to be faithful to these people, because he loves these people. They're his people. But they're so disjointed. So ununified. Or maybe they're unified against Moses, which is disjointed and ununified. That the voice that is speaking the most, that is dominating the culture, and dominating their life, and dominating their world... Isn't the voice of God. It's the fear of the unknown. Like, yeah, they said we're hungry. But you can tough out being hungry if you know you're going to eat it in an hour. Right? It's not the end of the world. I know some of us get hangry. I get it. But if you know my next meal's coming, even if you're hungry you're like it's okay Like I'll get through this because my next meal It's on the calendar It's on the, on the timeline there I know when it's coming So for the Israelites it wasn't That they were just hungry It was bigger than that It's the fear of the unknown It's fear of the unknown keeping you From hearing God's voice Fear of what might be What could happen? What if? Fear is a powerful, powerful tool. The enemy uses it very well. And even in moments when we feel like we're speaking out of courage or bravery, sometimes we're actually speaking out of fear. Sometimes when we hop on social media and we're like, man, this is brilliant. This is just what needs to be said. Everybody needs to hear this, right? And I get it. I'm guilty of this too. And we think I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking in courage. I'm speaking against the the voices of fear and frustration and What we're actually doing is we're presenting fear Just in another package Scripture reminds us That fear doesn't get cast out by 100% factual analysis No it says perfect love casts out fear If you want, want to dismantle fear in your life And in the lives of the people you love around you Love them Love them Love them for their differences Love them for their disagreements Love them for their position that you don't have That you don't like Love them Perfect love casts out fear And when we continue to cycle in our world around this fear cycle, we continue to divide, we continue to separate, we continue to push away, and we continue to say things like, If you think this, unfriend me right now. If you think like that, I don't want any part in your life. And I'll challenge you open your Bible. And find scriptural support for that. Find any place that Jesus says, cast aside those you disagree with. Even when the position that they have is one that you think disagrees with God. God's not intimidated, God's not afraid of what they've got or what they said. Or if they're going to win the political game or gain some momentum or they're going to gain more seats or they're going to get an advantage somehow. He doesn't care. God cares about their heart. He cares about your heart. The Israelites were stuck in a perpetuation of fear. Fear of the unknown. What's going to happen next? And they were using their hunger as a great motivator. We need to eat, Moses. And if you're not going to feed us, then we're going to have to do something else. Like I said, I think sometimes we look at Scripture as a rule book of do's or don'ts, Lessons learned. And there's some of that in there. We can certainly learn something from the Israelites. But if we take it from this objective position where this is just a story, and my life is over here, and this might mean something for me intellectually, like something for me to understand in some deeper way, but it doesn't actually change the things I do, then we're missing it. We're missing it The holy spirit isn't just about you gaining knowledge and intellect The holy spirit isn't just interested in you gaining factual data to regurgitate and argue against other people who disagree with you The holy spirit is interested in life transformation In redemption in reconciliation Forgiveness and hope Love peace joy patience kindness goodness faithfulness all those So what about it? What about this? This story here that we see, the Israelites fearful of, of the unknown and afraid of the things that are distracting them, thirsty for success and position and to just get where they're supposed to be. Are the voices of fear and uncertainty so deafening in your life that you aren't hearing the voice of God? and you're sitting there saying, but I want to hear God's voice. But you're allowing those to speak and override God's voice. But the story, or the thing we see here in the story of the Israelites is that even though the Israelites weren't listening to God, God was listening to them. So I want you to take that. Take that nugget with you and know That the fears and the uncertainty can be deafening and distracting from you hearing the voice of god But even if you are not listening to the voice of god Even if you have blocked him out because of the way you have let other things in God is still working for you God is still producing springs and palm trees for you Because he hears you, he hears the pain, he knows the frustrations and the fears. Check out what it says in John chapter ten. It's on the screen. It Says, "My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand." This is Jesus talking here, and Jesus makes it very clear. That those who know him know his voice, right? We are the sheep he's referring to there, right? And it's not the politicized sheep that we've done in our culture. This is in all goodness and graciousness. We are the sheep following the shepherd, the good shepherd. Jesus makes it clear that we know him and we know his voice. But it's also true that there's much that can get so loud that it overwhelms his voice. And unless we are intentional in honing our ears, tuning them in to Jesus' voice, we'll miss it. I can tell as a parent, I know when it's my kid's cry and not another kid's cry. Because I know their voice. Because I'm tuned into it. But when I'm tired, and when I'm at home with my wife, And I know that my wife's a good mom And she'll take care of our kids And I want to sleep I can tune them off And maybe that's just a dad trait, I don't know But I can tune them off And go to sleep Because I trust that my wife's going to take care of them And we can do the same with God We have to hone him in Tune into him And allow him to be the prevalent voice in your life Over the voices of others So I challenge you this week to commit yourself To God's voice How do you do that Turn off the news 24 7 talk news That has the pundits telling you What to think how to believe Who's your enemy who's Wrong and why we're right Stop Listening to it I'm not saying be ignorant about the things Going on in the world we need We need to be informed, and we need to have knowledge about stuff happening, and we need to be involved in some of it at certain places. But I'm personally convinced, this is is Matthew talking, personally convinced that one of the worst things that's happened to our culture is 24-hour news. Because there's not enough news to fill 24 hours, and then people just talk, and they tell us what to think, and who to believe, and who's wrong, and who's right. Turn off the news. Log out on your social media. Do a fast. Have a Sabbath from your social media. The sound bites that tell you how to think and who to like, put them away. And open the scriptures. And ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you. About what life is supposed to look like. What holiness looks like. Ask him to speak to you. So that he might speak through you. Against. The fear. And the uncertainty. Ask him to fill you with love. And grace. So that you might pour it out. Into others. Because the blessings of God. Were never intended. To just be for personal gain. God is a personal God. God. And he speaks to us and he saves us at individual levels. But he doesn't bless us so I can have my own little kingdom castle. And ignore everything else going on in the world around me. He pours his spirit upon us. So that we can unleash it. Into others. We can speak hope and love and grace and forgiveness. Reconciliation, peace, hope, all those good things. Challenge, and, it, and I get it. It can be a big challenge. I, I'm on social media like all the time. I get it. Some of us, this is just kind of a way of life. TV turns on, cable news. That's what's on the channel. I never change it from that channel. That's just that's not me. I don't have cable, but but I get it. Like that life, totally get it. We fall into our habits and our routines. This is not an easy thing to do, although it's. Literally very simple, but it's not easy. Does that make sense? Literally very simple, but it's not easy. But if you truly want to be transformed, if you truly want God's voice to be the dominant voice in your life, and you truly want people thousands of years ago to read your story and not look at it the same way we looked at the Israelite story, then you need to allow God's voice to be the dominant voice in your life. So that you can share it with others. Will you stand? We pray to death. Heavenly Father. Once again we come before you. Humbly. Contrite. Convicted maybe. And God we recognize that. For all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all the the effort we've given to being people who think the right way. Who have the answers. That God, sometimes our convictions for speaking the right things get in the way of speaking love. That God, sometimes our, our, our efforts to be truthful and right and correct become so dominant in our life that it blocks out your voice from speaking through us and the voice we put out into our friends and our families we speak into our children and our friends lives that voice just becomes an imperfect sinful person's voice rather than the voice of the living God who speaks life who conquered death and who is coming again to redeem and restore the world to the place that it needs to be God we can't fix all the broken but we can follow the one who has promised you will so help us help us to be filled with your spirit to speak your love and your grace into the difficult circumstances to not be dissuaded by the fears and the uncertainty that were peddled but to find comfort and hope in the king who is coming Jesus we love you we thank you for the things you've done and the things you're going to do and may you help us to become more like you today than we were like you yesterday. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. And may you please love your neighbor as yourself. Go in his peace today. We'll see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community, and to love people to Jesus.